You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazing caribou studios. I'm an art bark and I'm proud. I'm an art bark and I'm happy. I'm an art bark. If I try to be specific and a little scientific, I am feeling quite terrific. I'm an art bark, fierce and free. I'm an art bark, standing bravely. I'm an art bark, and I'm tough and smart and strong and always right, and that's the way I'll always be until I meet another. Hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name's Paul, I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I'm also not an animal expert. Today we are talking about the aardvark. I remember that song. Strong and free, (laughs) that's from Sesame Street. I remember that. (laughs) That was fun. But first, some five-star iTunes reviews. So we thank all of you that have taken the time to go to iTunes and leave us a nice five-star review. We really do appreciate it. This one is from Zenger. He says it's a great family-friendly podcast. This is such a fun podcast. I have learned a lot of fun facts from this podcast. And it's family-friendly, too, so win-win in my book. So thank you, Zinger, and you can hear him on the Zing This podcast. Here's one. Thanks for the awesome show. I can tell a lot of work goes into this show, great production and research, but thank you, all in all caps. It's totally worth it. I love listening to Paul and Donna. Heart, heart, heart. Julie456. Thank you, Julie. And the next one here is from... David, he is the host of the Tales of the Fandom podcast, which is all about people who do wonderful, nerdy things like cosplay and all that good stuff. And he said, had been hearing about the show for a while and decided to try it out with my kids. We've listened to two episodes so far, Wolverines and Komodo Dragons, and both have been informative and fun. It's nice to find an engaging podcast for the kids without any bad language. Thanks and keep it up. We will, David. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, what's this? Oh, cute, fun, and family-friendly. The trifecta of goodness. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun and informative show. I found myself smiling and so engaged as I was listening. The hosts are great. I hope to see this as a TV show on Nickelodeon one day. DDJ026. Wow. Well, you know, your mouth to Nickelodeon's ear. That's all I can say. That would be great. that is awesome thank you so much everybody yeah thanks for those great reviews we really appreciate it we love your mail uh just as a reminder go to blazingcariboustudios.com for links to the audio and our show notes for today's episode we are also on twitter and instagram at at vermin's podcast all one word 
And if you want to email us, go to varmintspodcast at gmail.com. Send questions, comments, stories, suggestions, anything you like. If you like the show, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a nice little rating and review. And we might actually read the rating on the show because we like them. And, uh, and we like you. We like you. We do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's get our aardvark together and talk about aardvarks. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? We are blathering about aardvarks today. The aardvark is a medium-sized burrowing nocturnal mammal native to Africa. It is the only living species of the order... Oh boy, I'm going to mess this up. Tubulindintada. No, there's no N in that. Tubuli... Oh boy. Tubulindintada. I'm going with that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's the only animal of that order, so it's literally like no other animal on the face of the earth. Right. It has a stout little body with an arched back. It has rabbit-like ears and a long pig-like snout, which is used to sniff out food. An aardvark can grow up to seven feet or a little over two meters long from the tip of its nose to the tip of its tail and weigh up to 180 pounds or 80 kilograms. I don't know how big I thought aardvarks were, but I did not think that they were this big. That's a big animal. Yeah. And Crazy. it's really amazing because the things that they eat are so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, wow. It roams over most of the southern two-thirds of the African continent. It avoids areas that are mainly rocky. It is a nocturnal feeder, so it feeds at night. It subsists on ants and termites, which it will dig out of their hills using their sharp claws and powerful legs. It also digs to create burrows in which to live and rear its young. The males are called boars, the females are called sows, and the babies are called cubs. And the word aardvark is an Afrikaans word that means earth pig. Yes. Earth pig. They're cool. I also saw them called ant bears. Ant so, bears. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. They have nothing to do with bears or pigs, but... No. <laughs> so the burrows are pretty interesting. First of all, they can be pretty big, like 13 meters, which is like 42 feet. That's a lot of burrow. Wow. You know? Yeah. But then again, they can get to be pretty big, so I guess that makes makes sense. But their little claws, their their claws are have a spoon shape on the bottom, and they're as hard as like carbonized steel, like you would use for a pickaxe. So what? Yep. No they, way, dude. Way. <clears throat> so they can dig and dig and dig and dig and dig all night long. And one of the things I thought was really fun was the aardvark is a very pragmatic animal. They're like, I need a burrow. Hey, that termite mound looks pretty good. First, I'll eat everything in there, <laughs> and then I'll make it my home. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so they'll often just make their burrow out of a, they'll fashion it from a pre-existing termite mound or anthill that they've demolished. <laughs> okay. And then they go ahead and make it, uh, you know, to, they, they renovate it to their satisfaction. They add in an addition and they add an extra bathroom and stuff like that. So They make bathrooms? Actually, apparently, they are pretty clean animals who will dig holes when they have to go potty and then cover it up. So, oh, yeah. wow. Mm -hmm. Neat. 
Yeah, so they don't just mess wherever they are. They just go take care of it and cover it up and leave. And I found that out from a lady that had adopted a, a wild baby aardvark that was had to be rescued because she was in trouble. So, yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. So as you mentioned, aardvarks in the wild, they pretty much eat two things. A massive amount of termites and ants. Mostly termites. When it's raining, they they will probably eat ants. And they eat soldier ants, which bite really hard, but it doesn't seem to, to bother them. But mostly termites. <laughs> they have a huge range, and it's filled with several large termite mounds. So they'll what they'll do is they'll approach a termite mound at night, and they'll tear a big hole in the mound with their claws. And as the termites come out to repair the mound, the aardvark will just consume those termites. And it'll do it in two ways. The main way it'll get all those termites is with its very, very long, sticky tongue. The termites will attach to the tongue and it'll scoop it into its mouth and they'll just swallow them whole. Yep. <laughs> and whatever the aardvark can't reach with its tongue, it'll snort right up its nose and into its stomach. Awesome. Aside from a few big kind of molar looking teeth in the back of an aardvark's mouth, an aardvark has no teeth at all. And it doesn't really need teeth. It just kind of swallows between 50,000 and 100,000 termites whole every night, which is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. There's a muscular area in its lower stomach that's kind of like a gizzard, except it's not called a gizzard. I, I didn't really find out what it's called. But it's there's powerful muscles around that area of the stomach, and it will just grind up the insects so that the aardvark can go ahead and digest them. That's awesome. It really is. <laughs> the, the other awesome thing is that zoos can keep aardvarks despite their range and their diet. Normally an animal like that with, with such a large range and such a specific diet is too difficult for zoos to exhibit. But zookeepers have found that aardvarks adapt really, really quickly to different living conditions and food. Yep. So they, as long as they have shelter... The zoos can buy a, a specially formulated insectivore food. It looks just like dog food. And uh, the aardvarks will eat it, and they're pretty chill with it, and they don't really have a problem with it. Yep. I saw one other aardvark on a zoo video that I was watching who has eaten what looked like mealworms. So they probably just, you know, got mealworms for other animals and just distribute them throughout the zoo. <laughs> right. <laughs> for yeah. whatever animals will eat them. So, yeah. Exactly. I like aardvarks. I think they're very cute, and they're funny, and they are just so interesting. And I love how silly they look. <laughs> doop de doo I'm an aardvark. I love it. All right, it's disclaimer time. The Varmints podcast knows it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence, but then we only really have the yardstick of ourselves to go by, so we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like... Uh... Your opinion, man. I have no idea how smart aardvarks are. There's, I couldn't find any evidence, any kind of scientific study of aardvark intelligence. I have no idea. I just gave him a five because, yeah. I think I'm going to say five, too, only because I'm just going to stick them in the middle because I don't know, you know? Yep. Like, they don't, they don't seem, you know, they seem more flexible than, say, the Komodo dragon, who we right. gave a pretty low rating but that could just be mammal bias, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. Mammal bias. Mammal bias. Like, we're more inclined 
we're more inclined to give intelligence traits to uh, uh, the animals that have things in common with us in our family. Our, you know, especially if if they look cute, if they have cute faces. So, oh yeah. And I'm gonna kind of get into that a little bit later, but okay, I've just never heard that term before, mammal bias. I might have just made it up. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm speculating on a hypothesis in my own head of why I, why I'm not assigning them. A lower trait because if you think about it they're not much different than something like a komodo dragon they just blunder around and make their little houses and right eat, eat insects right sure i mean i suppose it takes a little bit of ingenuity to make their little burrows but not that much right so <laughs> <laughs> but prairie dogs make really crazy burrows and we gave them a pretty high rating but they have other things too like a right. language and all this other stuff so yeah it's really hard to say so i'm just gonna put them at five to be fair but they might be a three so i might fair be, enough i might be uh, biased against reptiles <laughs> As a mammal, I might be. I admit it. It's an unconscious mammalian bias. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't either. All right. <laughs> we're going to talk about aardvarks and pop culture and a couple other things, but we're going to do that right after this commercial. Hey, everybody. This is Steven. And this is Chris. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Is This Adulting? Every week, we're going to sit down to have a discussion about life, culture, our own mental health struggles, and just about anything you can think of. Have you ever wondered which breakfast cereal is the best? Or how to help your friends who are dealing with mental illness? Or why waterbeds were a thing? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then have we got a show for you. And remember, kids, be happy, stay healthy, and go hug someone. Because you never know, they might just be starting a podcast. And now for something completely different. Hey, you know, me and Donna, we're just a couple of nerds like you, and we don't see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk a little bit about where we see them most of the time on movies, TV, and video games. I thought it was going to be really hard to find an aardvark in pop culture, and it was not hard at all. Here is the theme song for my pick for this week. Every day when you're walking down the street, everybody that you meet has an original point of view. And I say, hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. You can learn to work and play and get along with each other. You got to listen to your heart, listen to the beat, listen to the rhythm, the rhythm of the street. Open up your eyes, open up your ears, get together and make things better by working together. It's a simple message and it comes from the heart. Oh, believe in yourself, for that's the place to start. And I say, hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. Okay. So that, of course, is Arthur. It's a PBS kids show. We've been doing a lot of kids shows lately. It's hard to find some of these animals in, like, video games, and there's not really an aardvark comic book hero or anything. 
But uh, well, you know, the kids shows the adults will know about too because they have kids. So. Oh, absolutely. And this one, Arthur on PBS, has been running a long time. It's actually next to The Simpsons. It is the longest running animated series in the United States. Wow. Yeah, and it's entirely possible that kids who grew up watching Arthur are now watching it with their kids. It's been going on since 1990... Oh, I forgot to write it down. I think it's 1996, maybe? Uh Yeah, it's been around a long time. Arthur Timothy Reed is the main character and the protagonist of both the book series and the PBS children's television show Arthur, created by Mark Brown. On the show, he is perpetually eight years old. He is in Mr. Ratburn's third grade class, and he lives in Elwood City with his parents, and as you heard, his often troublesome young sister, D.W., and his friends Buster, Muffy, Francine, George, Sue Ellen, Binky, and The Brain. Mm-hmm. Those are his friends who appear most frequently. Aww. And the show Arthur often deals with such important issues like uh, asthma and dyslexia and cancer, diabetes and Asperger's syndrome, important issues that families face. And it also encourages reading and and building relationships with family and friends by explaining that people have different personalities and different interests. But it does it with a whole lot of fun and humor, just like the uh, podcast we just advertised, Is This Adulting? They do the same thing on their podcast, and it is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, it sounds great. It is. And I agree about the show. I think... um... Boy, Veronica was too big for that show, but I have seen other people's children enjoy it a lot, and they really, it's a good show. Parents love it, kids love it. Go, Arthur! The only thing that bugged me about Arthur was that they're a family of aardvarks, but they do not look like aardvarks. They don't have the large snout. And in fact, a lot of the characters on the show, all the characters on the show, have like the human bipedal body with arms and legs and Mm -hmm. their heads are like slightly different and some of them have horns and some of them have like longer snouts and some of them you can't really tell what animal they are and in fact I did not know that Arthur and his family were aardvarks at all. I didn't either. I didn't either (laughs) until I was told. I was like really? That's not an aardvark. That's just like a person with a weird flat face and in strange ears you know. But Yeah. uh, yeah I think a lot of animators have trouble if they want to envision an animal as a person, especially if it's a kid's show, they don't want to make it so far away from looking like a person that it'll alienate the children, you know? Right. The children have to be able to identify with the figures. But on the other hand, yeah. it could be human bias, right? <laughs> Maybe. It doesn't matter. Probably doesn't a little really of both, but who cares, right? So, yeah. Because me, because I'm an artist, uh, this is something that artists struggle with, is making an anthropomorphized animal, you know, into a big talking, thinking, walking human being, it is difficult. And to make it still, like, relatable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, good yeah. show. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's, it is a really, really good show. If you have yeah. kids, go watch Arthur with them. You'll, you'll like it. They'll love it. Yeah. So I chose something today that's a little bit more you and my generation. All right. Uh, you want to play the clip? I do. <laughs>
What's that over there? Ooh, it looks like a picnic. I love picnics. You know, my mother used to take me on picnics. I think I better get over there before the other ants in the neighborhood get the idea and take all the good. Hey, now, that's good food. They don't fool around when they go on a picnic. These are good people. Hey, Ed. Ah, uh, what's the matter? You lost, pal? I want to talk to you for a minute. As a matter of fact, I want to talk to you about your future. You know, you're talking to the wrong guy. I'm semi-retired. <laughs> you know, it takes 200,000 ants just to make a decent sandwich, and I'm having trouble with just one. <laughs> I oh, love that. Oh, how much fun is that? So Anton Aardvark was a series of 17 theatrical short cartoons that were produced at De Pati Freeling Enterprises and, and released by United Artists from 1969 to 1971. They were little bumper cartoons on the Pink Panther show, if you remember. Uh, the Pink Panther cartoon from when we were kids, yeah. So I didn't remember until you brought this to the show, and then when I, as soon as I saw it, it just jogged like 18 brain cells that I have not used in almost four decades. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? I love this. I love the Pink Panther show a lot as a kid. Um, and I and this particular little bumper in it is so much fun. There, there was kind of quite a lot of important, or I would say interesting artistic decisions made in these cartoons. And <laughs> so, like, the... Aardvark, you can tell he's wearing pants and a t-shirt, but they're all the same color as his skin. (laughs) 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 Which sort of makes him... That was a design decision because it makes him stand out against the background a little bit more, and and they just kind of thought it was interesting to look at. So, And if you look at the backgrounds of these Pink Panther series of cartoons, they all have that sort of flat watercolor-looking background, Well, Mm -hmm. they did a lot of techniques where they tore shapes of paper to try and arrive at some of the forms that they use in the uh, show. So it's really interesting to look at and just a a really well-done cartoon artistically. And then it's also funny on top of it. So, um, yeah. But the the cartoon, this one follows the attempts of a blue aardvark named Aardvark. Fair enough. And he's voiced by a guy that you might remember called John Biner. John Biner was a popular, you know, sort of vocal impressionist guy. He started out way before our time on the Ed Sullivan show. But he was one of those, oh, that guy in all sorts of things over the years. Like he did a, he did a, a role on uh, Love American Style. <laughs> he did a, he, he was one of those guys that had one part in this show and one part in that show and one part in this show stuff kind of thing. Okay, like a character actor kind of guy. Yeah, so he was in Maud. He was in uh, The Practice. He was in Soap several times as Detective Donahue. He was in The Black Cauldron as the voice of Gergi. He was, he's just done all sorts of stuff and he's still alive and he's still doing little, this one off roles. It looks like he's one of those guys that's just spent his whole career just doing one guy at a time kind of roles. While you were talking, I Googled John Biner and I know exactly who this is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've seen him everywhere. Yep. 
in the show, he is basically impersonating Jackie Mason, another big name that people younger than us might not know and people even our age might not know. <laughs> uh, Jackie Mason is like an incredibly old, like 2,000-year-old comedian. <laughs> <laughs> and still super funny. Yes. Really, really yeah. funny. He's a little controversial at times. Uh, he can be a little bit of a curmudgeonly old man, but um, he's he's uh, he's pretty funny. And so the voice that he's doing for the aardvark is he's impersonating Jackie Mason. But what I didn't realize is that he also does the voice of the ant, who's called Charlie, and he's supposed to sound like Dean Martin, another person that you and I, our generation, knows and, and younger people might not. So, oh, one other fact about the ant and the aardvark. There's a lot of really good jazzy music in these videos. And I, I think if you remember, the theme for the Pink Panther was done by Henry Mancini. Uh, but for the Ant and the Aardvark, musical director Doug Goodwin actually assembled an established group of jazz session musicians to perform the series theme and musical cues in the Ant and the Aardvark. So for the first time in animated cartoons, all six musicians were received on-screen credit for, for those. So... That's that's wow. kind of an, an an additional, you know, lot, step forward as well. So that is really cool. Yeah, these cartoons are funny and they're really interesting to look at if you like animation. So, or if you like art. Awesome. I I think they just they uh, they speak to the artist in a lot of people because it's there's just nothing else that looks like it, right? So. <laughs> no, and it's really like, it's really minimal, but it's really effective. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's really cool. And super funny. So It is. Mm -hmm. It's great. And there's a, I, I was going to say, I don't think that they necessarily strive to be scientifically correct in these kinds of cartoons, but it is funny. There are times where the aardvark is like, I'm going to go make a house out of the ant's house or whatever, and he'll go and make a burrow out of, <laughs> he'll go dig up the ant's house <laughs> and he'll get in there and hide and pretend to be the house, right? So, but that's kind of what they do, so. <laughs> that is kind great. of. I mean, they don't do it as a trap, right? But, 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 right. yeah. I just thought that was funny that they were like, I could see them looking into the aardvark and going, "So this could be funny." <laughs> so it's <was> silly. <laughs> That's great. Silly and fun. I like to eat. Oh, I like to eat too. Donna, mm. you know what I'm gonna ask? I know. Are you gonna eat aardvarks? Nah. They're not endangered. I know. They look like pigs. There might be, like, bacon in there. Eh. No? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They do have anal glands. They do have, you know, you know anal glands that produce a really strong, musky odor. But I'm sorry. That makes me laugh so hard. You just, I feel like that can't be on your list. Because humans have them, so. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's a scientific <laughs> fact. They're just on the inside, you know. <laughs> I don't. I... Paul, if you got an infection in one or a tumor, you would learn pretty quickly that they're there. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that never happens. Boy, but... I do too. But you know, that's a terrible way to find out. But I mean, how do you think? How do you think our mammal bodies would deal with getting the stuff out if we didn't lubricate it a little bit? That's what Mr. they're for. Mr. Chomo, I'm afraid to tell you that you have cancer in your anal gland. I'd be like, what? I don't have those. 
you just filling, filling up your head with alternative facts? <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. Okay, so listen. I would eat aardvark. Okay, I would. I would. I would. I would probably not eat aardvark. I don't know. I might. I don't know. I probably. I wouldn't think about it. If somebody Fair was enough. like, "Oh, I've made an aardvark stew," I would be like, "Okay, I'll try it." So. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, you know, as we've established, you have a bucket list and I don't. And it's just not in the food box. Yeah, it's not really a bucket list food. It doesn't seem to be in the food box for Native Africans either, so, you know. But they have to eat aardvark. Did, did they not eat aardvark? I don't know. Let's find I out. I mean, if there's so many of them, why wouldn't you? Ooh, maybe they don't taste good. Maybe. Do Africans but they look like pigs. eat aard? Vark. Uh, I don't see any evidence that they do. Huh. Maybe there's a reason for that. They might eat them, but I'm just in a quick internet search. I'm not seeing anything. All right. So maybe they just don't taste good. Or maybe they're hard to catch because they're nocturnal. That could be. That, that kind of goes along with my animal fact of the week, Donna. Is your brain a repository of useless information like mine is? Mm-hmm. Good. Well, let's help everybody win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the animal fact of the week. Is this your homework, Larry? Look, man. Do, it... please. And the fact is that scientists just found out that aardvarks do, in fact, in the wild, drink water. That just sounds kind of like a no-brainer, but zookeepers will tell you that their aardvarks will most definitely drink water, and that's because they're given dry food, as we mentioned before, or alternate food because you can't, you just can't feed an aardvark in the zoo a hundred thousand termites a day and so they're happy to just drink water out of like little water dishes but captive behavior in a zoo isn't really a good predictor of wild behavior right mm -hmm. so most scientific studies up until this year assumed that aardvarks got their water by metabolizing the insides of termites and ants, and they also do eat one rare type of fruit called an aardvark cucumber. And so they figured that's where they get all their water from. Right. But because aardvarks are nocturnal, and they don't have that reflective tissue in their eyes that reflects light, that makes most animals' eyes shine at nighttime, right. it's really, really hard for scientists to track them down and observe really anything that they're doing. They need to hang cameras on, motion capture cameras on trees like Dr. Seth is doing. I don't know if they do that or not with aardvarks. They Maybe they do. <laughs> but these researchers, they were able to find four photographs and one video that were taken over the last 10 years or so that actually show aardvarks sipping water from like several rivers, a little puddle of rainwater, so these researchers are hoping that this puts to rest the idea that aardvarks don't drink water in the wild. Mm -hmm. Now, why is this important? That's a good question. It is a good question. It's really important because even though aardvarks are listed as of least concern as far as their endangered status goes, there's plenty of them right now, they're under a lot of pressure from climate change which does exist, mm -hmm. uh, habitat destruction and disruptions of their ecosystem. Yep. And, you know, frankly, they are not keystone species. They're not cute and fuzzy like pandas or koalas. I guess that's where mammal bias comes in. <laughs> so the little aardvarks, they tend to get ignored, but they're a hugely, hugely, hugely important part of the ecosystem in Africa. So if something happens to the aardvarks, 
things are really going to go south in Africa. So they're really trying to understand what the aardvark's ecological requirements are so that they can prevent any future disaster. That's why scientists and researchers worry about animals that aren't in any specific danger right now. Right. So they're not in trouble, but it's good that there's people out there that are trying to keep it that way. Absolutely. And, of course, I have a firm belief in research for the sake of research. Because you never know what you're going to find out that might be important. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I don't have a a whole lot for extra facts about aardvarks. We've covered most of the stuff. But there's some little things that are pretty fun. Like, did you know that they can seal their nostrils completely tight? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I think it's I can probably... do the opposite with my nose. I can flex those little muscles that make my nostrils go out, so I can, <laughs> like, do the opposite. Oh, I can wiggle my nose like a bunny. <laughs> <laughs> so do they do that just to try to keep from, like, snorting up dirt when they're digging up a termite hill? Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure they, they, um, they do it to keep bugs and dirt from getting inside their head, you know? Fair enough. Yeah, I didn't have a whole bunch, so I just wrote, mini fact for the win. It's a a mini fact. A tiny little fact. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Hey, thanks everybody so much for listening to the Varmints Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo and music, as always, by Kevin McLeod. Thanks, guys. I showed my nephew Lucas a picture of an aardvark this week for the Rugrat Corner, and here's what he had to say. Hi, my name is Lucas. What kind of animal do you think that is? An anteater. You know what that's actually called? Yeah. It's called an aardvark. It's not an anteater. Oh. Yeah, it's an aardvark. What does it look like? An anteater. It does look like a bit like an anteater. What do you think it eats? Ants. You know what? You're absolutely right. It eats ants. Do you think an aardvark makes a sound? What kind of sound do you think an aardvark makes? Wow. I wonder if they do make that sound. Would you eat one of those? No. No? Only when it's cooked. Only when it's cooked? (laughs) Well, I wouldn't eat a raw one either. I'd have to have it cooked as well. Okay, well, thank you for talking to me, Lucas. Now you know a little bit more about aardvarks. Hi, Donna. Oh, hi. All right. Thank you, Lucas. (laughs) that's my nephew hey if you cook it I'll eat it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love that segment (laughs) yeah thank you Lucas we appreciate your help yeah thanks Lucas thank you everybody again for listening and until next time be nice to animals You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazing caribou studios. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I lost my place. I lost my place. Yeah. I like your, I like your lost my place music. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.